I hope you are ready for Christmas. How many of y'all ready for Christmas? You got the tree out? Boy, that's a weak clap. <laughs> okay. Some of y'all say, ah, oh, bah, humbug. We don't want to know Christmas. I'm just thankful we're past Thanksgiving so I can be on page with all you early pre-Christmas people, you know? Um, I, I just, I, I don't fight Christmas, but there's a, t- there's a, see, the wisest men in the world, so there's a season and a time for everything, right? And, and I'm pretty sure he forgot to write in there Thanksgiving and Christmas has this time for seasons. I know that this time of the year, uh, we get busy, right? We get, we get busy. Uh, we do a lot of things. We get tired. You might get tired during this season. Uh, after it's all said and done with, you just, whew, thank God. I mean, the, the day of rest is when that tree goes up, right? Because everything before then is just busy and hurriedness. Uh, and if you're tired in the midst of all of it, you just learn to push through, right? That's what you do. You just push through. In fact, what we say is you don't just push through. We, what we're tired, we show up at parties. We show up at our, our in-laws or our family or our, um, our, our work parties. And we have a smile on our face, but we're tired. Because if we know one thing, it's that you fake it till you That's what you do. You fake it till you make it. It's funny because that is a unique saying here in America. It came from, uh, uh, what's his name, Garfunkel, Simon and Garfunkel. He wrote a song called Faking It, and that's where we get it from. Go, reach the, uh, go research the lyrics of that. It's pretty depressing. Um, <laughs> but I thought, wow, what a great phrase to come from that depressing song. Uh, but, but when we say fake it till you make it, what are we saying? We're saying that you pretend you are something until you become the something you're pretending to be. That's what you're saying, right? I, I, I'm, I'm tired. I'm going to pretend that I'm not tired until I'm no longer tired. And sometimes that never happens, but you'll pretend that way all day long. Uh, if you, it's, it's, it's somewhat successful. You know, I, I researched this whole concept. They actually have a, um, uh, a, a, a concept or a study of it. And, uh, and it does have some weight behind it. It does actually work to some degree. But it only really works inside of emotions. You, you, can't, you, can't, say, uh, you can't say to yourself, um, I'm going to be a millionaire. Let me fake being a millionaire until I become a millionaire, right? You can't do that. You can't fake being an NFL player until you make it. That ain't going to work either. You can't fake being a pet until you make it. Amen. Somebody said amen. You should have said amen. You missed your amen spot right there. You can't fake being another gender until you make it. You can't do that. You can't fake being a Christian until you make it. You can't, and you can't fake being happy until you, well, some maybe, some, somewhat you can't. There's a little bit. Matter of fact, uh, this study, I tried this on my kids uh, yesterday. If you put a pencil between your teeth and hold it, and you fake that smile, it says over time you'll begin to actually smile. And you'll be a small bit happier if you do that, just walking around. So I want y'all to go home today, and, and when you're angry or upset or you're tired, just go put that pencil right between your teeth, just walk around, and just do like that. And I'm thinking, man, if that creates happiness and a smile, what would, a, what would holding an orange in your mouth do? <laughs> About that right there is what I was thinking. So... There's only some things that you can fake. I, can't, I love the Asian culture, but I can't fake being an Asian until I become one. Uh, that ain't just going to happen. You see, we can't fake 
objective truths. Can't fake those things. Can't fake it. Uh, can fake it till we make it. Was it, does it? Does it become plausible in some aspects of our life? Does it help us in some areas of our life? Can we fake it until we make it in terms of our country? No, you really can't. Uh, can we fake it until we make it in terms of our church? Can we, can we fake it until we make it in terms of our family and our marriages? Or can we fake it until we make it in terms of God? Those things don't work out that way. Can I tell you that even God himself knows that you can't fake it until you make it? You, you have to think about this because I was, as I was kind of exploring the concept of this idea, let's fake it until we make it. Um, all those years that God did not punish man uh, because of his sin, he should, have, he should have sent his wrath, but he didn't. So was God faking peace the whole time with man? How was he, how was he getting through? Was he faking it till he made it with, with man? And, and Romans chapter 3, Paul talks about this. He says that, that he, he passed over our sins um, in, in time because he understood that there was an atonement coming. There was a sacrifice coming. As a matter of fact, all of the animal sacrifices in the Old Testament all pointed to one day that Christ would come and atone for our sin entirely. And so God himself knew that even though he didn't have the peace he wanted, he wasn't going to fake that peace so he could pretend to have peace. Because that's what you and I are really good at, right? We can fake a whole lot so long as we have peace. We want to do that. We, we, we don't, we don't want to ruffle people's feathers. And God would never fake the fact that man was sinful just so he could be at peace with man. It's not possible. And the reason is, is because to fake peace would be for him to, to not acknowledge the problem, or rather, it would be for him to deny the truth. And so what I want you to understand this morning as we talk about uh, peace and the gift of peace, this series we're going to be dealing with stress and anxiety and fear. But, uh, but last night, as I, or yesterday afternoon, as I was finishing up my sermon, the Lord said, okay, that's great. Go ahead and put that away. I got something else for you to do, for the right. And so uh, um, I said, yes, boss, uh, what should I do? And so he kept pressing this idea and this concept of false peace on me. That in America and in our world and our lifestyle, we, we have this idea of just false peace. That it's not really true peace. That we walk around and we act like everything is at peace. But it's not really true peace. And we can go all the way through our Christmas holidays, the time when we celebrate peace and not really ever have the peace that we're looking for. But we sure can fake it. Because if there's anything we can do, especially down here in the South, we know how to fake peace, Right? We can smile and say, y'all, about a thousand times and make it all sound better. But at the end of the day, we're denying a truth. And that's what false peace does to you. It denies the truth. So denying the truth, denying the truth for the appearance of peace is false peace. I've only got a couple points for you today. But I want you to know just a few things. And that first one is just that, is that denying the truth for the appearance of peace is false peace. We never heard it said that way before. You, you, uh, uh, that we that we practice false peace. We we all practice false peace, or have practiced false peace to some degree. If you're married, you probably practice false peace once or twice. Um, if you grew up not being a great kid or perfect, you probably practice false peace once or twice. Most of you are guilty. I realize it right there, right away. 
Uh, let me tell you, there's a time where I did not practice false peace. It was July 4th, um, and my sister and I were at the end of a cul-de-sac where we lived. And uh, there was a guy, he, he was always in the area. He couldn't come over our house, but he was always trying to talk to my sister and uh, always trying to uh, hit on her. And so one day he came driving up because he, was, he got his license and he thought he was, you know, superb that way. And so he comes down, he's in the end of the cul-de-sac, and he's, he's talking to her. And I walk up and I've got uh, an M80. Y'all know what an M80 is? You know, it's a big red firecracker. It goes boom when it goes off. And so I'm holding this M80 in my hand. And I'm holding a, a, a punk in the other hand. And as I'm talking to this guy, he's sitting there trying to talk to my sister. I realize I don't want him talking to my sister anymore. Um, it kind of gets foggy after that. Next thing I know, the M80 got lit. It, I threw it in the car. And it was in the driver's uh, seat section where the pedals are at. And so this guy jumps out. And he's trying to knock this firecracker out. But he forgot that the car was not in park. And so my mom said, Scott, you want to be honest and just tell me the reason why um, that guy's car went through the living room of our next door neighbor's house? You want, you, want, you want to just be honest about that? And I said, mm, I'm going to reach for false peace right here. <laughs> I, I don't know, Mom. I, I, I put it on the window sill. And it got lit somehow, and it fell in. He knocked it in there. He tried to brush it off, and it knocked it in. And I don't know what happened after that, Mom. I don't know. I, I, I did not want to go down the road of what I knew what was going to happen. And the problem was, I didn't just get false peace. Matter of fact, I got peace and pain. Uh, I got pain because uh, I got a good whooping over that one, that's for sure. Uh, but I also got uh, a piece of not being able to go to, or, or a piece from not having a lying conscience at night because my mom exposed the truth really quick. Uh, but it's funny we do that because we will, we will hold on to some things. And before you, you judge me, let me just bring some things out that you may or may not have done in, in terms of you reaching for false peace uh, because, because maybe you were over at your in-law's house uh, for an extended period of time and you wore that fake smile for a while. Um, in your, in your false peace, or, you, or when your parents called you and said, is your room clean, and you said yes, and then you hung up the phone and did what? Went and cleaned it, exactly, because you didn't want to say no and create a problem, right? That's what we do. Or maybe when your boss said, have you got that task done yet, and you said, no, I'm waiting on something or someone, and then as soon as you got through talking to your boss, what did you do? You went and prioritized that task to get it done, because we all know that we don't want that. We don't want the truth to come out. No, I didn't clean my room. No, I didn't get that done, because that's going to disturb our peace. We'd rather have false peace with a little bit of lie in it, right? It's the reason why we, we hold things back from our spouse. Because you don't want to disturb the peace. Uh, I know y'all came for a Christmas message this morning. I know y'all were hoping I would talk about joy to the world. But we came for truth. We don't want to disturb the peace. We want stability. That's what we want. And we'll, and we'll take stability at, at all levels. We can get it at. Uh, maybe like you, you... you you looked in your life and you embraced the lies in your life because you know why? You, you didn't really want anything other than false peace because to embrace the truth would be to reveal some real issues in your life that you want to reveal. 
So we embrace false peace. Do we know there's a lie in it? Yeah, we do. But it's not a lie that's meant to hurt nobody. It's really a lie just to protect our relationship. I didn't tell you the full truth because I knew if I did tell you the full truth, there'd have been some problems here. And so let me just take the side route and not really tell you all of the information, not really tell you all of the truth. But y'all know, if you had kids, if you don't tell me the whole truth, then you've told me a lie, right? You've told me no truth. And so when we see this, we know that, 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 that God never faked it either. He could never do that because, because he can't entertain a lie. He can't entertain partial truths. And so he did not want a fake uh, pseudo sense of, of peace with us. God wanted a whole peace. You see, the world has taught us that peace is the absence of conflict. And that's a lie. Peace is not the absence of conflict. Peace is something altogether different. In fact, if we look at his name in Judges 6.24, we see that Gideon built an altar there to the Lord and called it the Lord is peace. In Hebrew, they say Jehovah Shalom. You've heard that before. And so what we see is, is that if anybody knows what peace is, he that actually is peace should tell us what it's about. And so that word shalom, we see that all throughout Scripture, over 600 times, uh, shalom is used to, to prophesy about what Jesus would be, the Prince of Peace, when he would come and he'd restore a kingdom and an order uh, unto peace. And so this idea of peace is really wrapped about around who Jesus is and what, what, he's does, what he does. And so I want to look at that this morning, the word shalom. Uh, shalom has different, many different applications, but one of the few ways I, I found most interesting was when Job uh, could not find uh, one of his sheep. He, he said, um, I'm missing my shalom. There wasn't a wholeness, there wasn't a completeness there in his flock. When um, uh, in Proverbs, there was a relationship that was happening there that they were talking about. And so the, the Bible says that to restore the relationship, to mend the relationship was to restore shalom, was to restore peace. When um, uh, King Solomon, when he was finishing up the temple, the last little brick they put down there and they finished it all up, it was, it was considered that he was bringing shalom to the temple. He was bringing completeness and bringing wholeness. And so we see this word shalom is used to depict a, a rock without cracks uh, or, or also a wall without cracks. Look at, look at Ezekiel 13, 10 through 16. So far what we know about shalom is it's more than just the absence of conflict. It's wholeness. It's, it's completeness. Ezekiel says this, precisely because they have misled my people saying peace, shalom where there is no peace, and because when the people build a wall, the prophets smear it with whitewash. Whitewash is, is what you put on the wall to cover the cracks to make it look like it's all together, but it's not. Uh, it, uh, it'll, it'll, walk, it'll, it'll wash off, and then when it does, you'll see the cracks there. And so he says, you're, you're smearing whitewash to pretend like those things don't exist. He says, say to those who smear it with whitewash that it shall fall. There will be a deluge of rain, and you, O great hailstones, will fall, and a stormy wind will break out. And when the wall falls, will it not be said to you, where is the coating with which you smeared it? Therefore, thus says the Lord God, I will make a stormy wind break out in my wrath, and there shall be a deluge of rain in my anger and great hailstones and wrath to make a full end. And I will bring down the wall that you have smeared with whitewash and bring it down to the ground so that its foundation will be laid bare. 
when it falls, you shall perish in the midst of it, and you shall know that I am the Lord. Thus will I spend my wrath upon the wall and upon those who have smeared it with whitewash. And I will say to you, the wall is no more, nor those who smeared it. The prophets of Israel, of Israel who uh, prophesied concerning Jerusalem and saw visions of peace for her, where there was no peace, declares the Lord. So what he's saying here is actually two different definitions. He's given us a definition of, uh, of peace, shalom, is when the wall is actually intact, when there is no cracks, none at all. But he's saying this false peace, when you lie about it, when you prophesy and pretend there is no crack there, you're actually lying and you're saying it's peace when it's not peace. And so what we see is this wall is not complete. But, but these prophets are trying to say, no, the wall is shalom, it's complete, it's whole, by smearing stuff on it to cover the truth of the wall. And so what we see is false peace is something that embraces Allah for the hope or the pretension of, of wholeness. So denying the truth for the appearance of wholeness is false peace. Denying the truth for the appearance of wholeness is false peace. You see, true peace recognizes the truth of the wall, that it's in need for, for, for caring and, and to be put back together again. And nobody wants to fix the wall. It's hard work to fix a wall. It's easier just to smear the whitewash on it and go about your way. And our lives are the same way, is it not? It's easy for us just to pretend. It's easy for us just to smile. It's easy for us just to say, I'm good, how about you? And go on our way. But the fact of the matter is, is that we're just smearing whitewash all over our lives. How's your family? They're good. They're good. They're good. How's your, how's your walk with God going? Great. Never better. We, we, we pretend. We, we smear whitewash everywhere because we don't want to entertain the cracks because the cracks truly are telling something else because we don't want to answer why the cracks are there. But the Lord is simply saying this. You'll never have true peace so long as you're not addressing the truth. Jesus has come to bear witness to the truth. I want you to understand is that false peace covers the truth of the matter. That says we're not whole. Yet we still choose false peace. Why do you and I still choose false peace? It's because we don't want any trouble. We don't want any problems. Let's just keep it. Let's just keep it, you know, like, like it's gone. Let's keep the ship steady and going forward. Let's don't, let's don't cause no trouble. Can I tell you that Jesus was a troublemaker? Jesus loved to start some trouble. Matthew 10, 34, he says this. Do not think that I have come to bring peace to the earth. Oh, no. I have not come to bring peace but a sword. Luke 12, 51 says this. Uh, Do you think that I have come to give peace on earth? No, I tell you, but rather division. How is it that Jesus did not hear about the prophecy when he was born that says, glory to God in the highest? Right? And, and what? Peace on earth, goodwill towards men. Somebody did not tell Jesus that you came for peace's sake. And as a matter of fact, Jesus at some point believed that he had to bring peace because he told us in the Sermon on the Mount, he said, blessed are the peacemakers. But Jesus, you ain't being a peacemaker now. Bringing a sword, bringing divisions, trying to mother and father, son, daughter on each other. How is it that Jesus came not 
to bring or to give peace? And some of the answer is simply there in his statement. He says, I did not come to give peace, to give peace on earth. I didn't come to give peace on earth. What did Jesus come to do? Jesus, at one point in time, he will come back. There's, there's two times when Jesus shows up on earth. One time he's already been here. He'll return again. And when he returns again, he will give peace. He will bring peace. It won't be the peace everybody else is thinking about, but he will establish peace on earth. But he did not come the first time for peace's sake. He came for truth's sake. You see, if you look in John 18, 37, it says this. Then Pilate said to him, so you are a king? Jesus answered, you say that I am a king. And for this purpose I was born, and for this purpose I have come into the world to bear witness to the truth. Jesus came down from heaven for this one thing, to bear witness to the truth. What was the truth? The truth was that Israel was trying to keep the law by works of righteousness and that they could make it into heaven. They could be righteous the way that God desires them to be righteous through the works that they did. And that's not the truth. The truth is is that no one comes to the Father unless the Holy Spirit draws them. And you can't come to that. You can't even be redeemed and reconciled if you don't come to the blood of Christ. And so Jesus came to let us know is that you cannot make it into the presence of God. You cannot make it to heaven unless you go through the perfect sacrifice. And I am that perfect sacrifice. And the only way you can attain that perfect sacrifice is through faith. It's not your works. It's through your faith in me. I am the Messiah that all of history has prophesied. They didn't want to hear that. They didn't want to hear that. Matter of fact, Romans 10, 3-4 says this, For being ignorant of the righteousness of God and seeking to establish their own, they did not submit to God's righteousness. For Christ is the end of the law of righteousness to everyone who believes. So we see is Jesus, he's bearing witness to the truth. He was dealing with the cracks in the wall. Can I just remind you this morning is that Jesus has not come to bring you peace. He's not come to give you peace. He's come to show you the cracks in your wall so he can be the peace that you're looking for. But you can't receive Christ. You can't receive peace unless you receive Christ. And you can't have those things until you first deal with the truth. And you and I know what the truth is that all of us were born in iniquity and sin. This is the basis of the gospel, right? That we were, we're not sinners because we did wrong things. No, we do wrong things because we're sinners. So Jesus has come to say, listen, if you want peace, you must understand the truth. The crack in your wall is simply this, is that you need me to make you whole when you can't do anything else to make you whole. And I would say to you this this morning is simply this, is that if you're searching for peace, have you first found the cracks in your wall? Have you looked and seen the things that we so easily whitewash and push away because it's so easy? We we whitewash so many things. We whitewash our lives, we whitewash our marriages, we whitewash our jobs, our families, our friends. We even whitewash in the church. You know we whitewash in the country. But Jesus came to bear witness to the truth that you got a crack right here. In fact, we just sang this about a while ago. It says, it says that rains will come, the winds will blow, and we'll only be steadfast and sure if we allow him to be our shalom, our wholeness, our completeness. Because if you and I do not allow that to happen, then we're walls with weak points. We'll be able to be pushed over. 
Jesus came to destroy the false peace that the world gives. The lie that says we can, we can have peace so long as we don't have conflict. That's what the world wants you to believe. They, they want you to know that if you'll just, if you'll not cause problems and not have some conflict, we're going to have some peace. Here's what that looks like for me and you. That means you can't offend people. Can't offend people. You can't, you can't learn things uh, that, that uh, offend people. You can't say things that offend people. You can't uh, be things that offend people. You can't do those things. If, if you have a freedom causes somebody else's freedom to be offended, then you can't have that freedom. Because then there's conflict, and we need peace. We don't need you choosing your freedom. Even if your freedom condemns immorality, which is the truth of God's word, I still don't need you to offend somebody else because I need peace, which is the absence of conflict in the world's view. And you've always seen that through history. It's not just in America right now. We've always seen that the world is always trying to bring about peace through control. We'll talk about that next week. But this week, we need to understand is that the enemy wants to silence you. He wants to silence you in your job. He wants to silence you in your country. He wants to silence you in your marriage. And he wants to silence you even in yourself. Because he knows if he can keep you quiet, if he can keep you just washing those walls white and never really dealing with the truth of what really is, that he can give you a fake peace, a false peace. But Jesus didn't just pretend. In fact, he called uh, Jerusalem out. He called the Pharisees out. He called them whitewashed tombs. Because if we continue to not address the cracks in our life, we'll never have peace. Maybe, maybe the reason why we don't do this is because we know it's going to be a problem. We know we're going to create an issue. Look at Matthew 5, 9 through 10. Jesus talks about this in the Sermon on the Mount. He says, blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. But then he says this right after that, and I think it was not by chance, that he says, blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. If you notice how that pairs is that peacemakers are also persecuted. Nobody wants to be Nobody wants to be persecuted. So this morning, as we look into our life, let me, let me ask you, is where do you need to be a peacemaker? Not a peacemaker in the way the world sees things, but a peacemaker the way that the Lord asks us to be true peace, that we could destroy false peace and have true peace. Because absence of conflict is great, but it's not just the absence of conflict. We need something more than that. We need some wholeness. We want, we want some, uh, some completeness. As the worship team comes up this morning, church, I want to ask you about your peace. I want peace in my life, even if that means dealing with the lies that I've been told and now counted as truth. You know, I I was doing some research a while back, and I read in this book, it's called Instability, uh, and he was talking about the effects of socialism on a community and on on, on a country. And there was a, uh, a fictionary um, philosopher by the name of uh, Murder Bing. And Murder Bing created a peel. So Murder Bing existed during the Mongolian uh, Genghis Khan uh, reign. And 
Genghis Khan was coming in to conquer this civilization. And so this um, uh, philosopher thought, you know what, here's what I'll do. Because we know we can't win this war against Genghis Khan. We're going to all die. We don't even have warriors in our village. And so Murder Bean said, you know what I'll do is I'll do this. I'll create a peel. And I'll give this peel to everybody. And tell them, if you'll take this peel, you'll be happy. And you'll be okay. Even if all of this is going to cause a problem, we'll be coming in, we'll be slaves and whatnot. It makes no difference. If you'll take this peel, you'll be happy regardless of your situation. So he distributed this peel to the whole um, civilization village. Everyone took the peel of murder bean. And so when the soldiers from Genghis Khan showed up, guess what happened? Everybody was like, hey, we're so glad you're here. We've been waiting on you. People welcomed them, you high five, whatever they did back then. And, um, and so the soldiers were confused. We're like, what are, you, what are y'all happy about? We've, we've come to conquer you. And they're like, yeah, that's okay because we took a pill. We're all happy. We're okay with it now. And so it says as it goes on is that obviously that didn't change the heart of Genghis Khan or the soldiers. They still came in. They still forced their rule and their reign upon them. Some they made slaves. Some they killed. But everybody was happy. But the problem was that eventually, they, after they denied the truth for so long, because there was no pill that makes you happy, they denied the truth for so long that, that a lot of them went insane. And this not only happened during his day, but also happened during the time of uh, socialism's rise in, in, uh, in Poland and in Germany. And what we see is this, is that when people deny the truth for so long, they lose touch with reality and it creates instability in their mind and in their world. So for us, the practical implication is very apparent to us. You and I just, we can't go on and just act like things are not what they are. We, we must embrace them, even if it's things that we believe for a long time. Lies we believe for a long time. Sometimes we turn lies into truth because it's the best way for us to protect ourselves from the things that we don't want to address, the pain we don't want to address. But we still got to deal with it. If you want true peace, you got to deal with the truth that makes peace what it is. So where is it that you're struggling with? Maybe like you in my life, I, I had to deal with some lies that I counted as true. Maybe in your marriage, that means disrupting the stability and saying some things that you don't want to say, revealing some secrets that you've been holding back. Maybe in your family, wanting peace means that you'll become the most unlike individual in your family. And I, I, take, I take the comfort of God's word. It says, I've come to set families against each other. If that's what Jesus knew the best thing to do, then how is it not good for us? And just so you know, it's not easy for me to say, I need you to go out of here and destroy your family. That is not what I'm asking you to do. There's a way we, we, we bring truth up. There's a way we act in truth. But what I'm trying to get to you today to understand is simply this, is that we cannot have a fake, false peace. We cannot act like the truth does not exist. I want a peace in my church, even if that means people attack me or my family. Even if that means you vote me out, I don't feel like that's going to be the same thing. But I, I, I believe that I want peace in our lives. I want peace amongst us. I want peace in our country. Even if that means i got to lose my rights. 
I still want peace. And at what level and at what cost would you be willing to pay for true peace? Or are you okay with a, a life that's been whitewashed? Just for the appearance of it. Because eventually, like those people who took that pill, they went insane. And the very thing they sacrificed in hopes of, which was stability, they even lost that themselves. True peace is not the absence of conflict, but the evidence of completeness. It's not the absence of conflict, but the evidence of completeness. That's why even in the midst of tribulation, Jesus said this, I have said these things to you that in me you may have peace. But in the world you will have tribulation. But take heart, I have overcome the world. That even in the midst of tribulation, even in the midst of conflict, you can still have peace. That, that's all spheres of life. That's just not your job and your family and your, it's every aspect of life. That even if you're going through tribulation, you can still have peace. Paul echoes the same truth when he says, And the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So this morning, I I don't really know how to wrap this up for you other than to ask who in here needs peace, true peace. Is there a cost? You bet. There was a cost for your salvation. And if you want true peace, there will also be a cost again that we have to deny the lies in our life and embrace the truth. Thankfully, God gives us grace and mercy to embrace those things. And so this morning, maybe... True peace for you means dealing with the lies that have been told to you, that you've embraced in your life. Maybe it's recognizing where you have yet to forgive someone. And we we walk in a false peace like we got it all together. Maybe maybe the false peace for you that you need to understand is, is that people and experience and stuff are not good things to whitewash our life with. There's still a real true peace that we can have regardless of what we go through in life. And so would you stand with me this morning? I want to open the altars, ask you that question again. Is who in here needs true peace? And that means embracing the truth of God's word and the truth of our situation so that we can have reconciliation through Christ. Father in heaven, I ask you, Our lives, our lives are heavy, Lord, because we carry around, God, this, this pseudo-happiness. And when rains come and when winds blow, we find ourselves, God, being depressed and, and weak and tired and, and not really having anything, God, to stand against the trials of this world, the tribulations of this world. And so, Father, we freely open our hearts and our lives and our minds to you, God, and we say, Lord, if there's any false peace in us, if there's any truth, God, we've exchanged for a lie, God, we we pray that you would expose that in our heart and our life, the things that we're not even cognizant of, God, they're just remote in our minds. I pray that you would show us the things that have been told to us that were wrong, but we thought they were true. And so I pray, God, today... As we come and we seek you, 
Would you bring wholeness? Would you bring completion to our life? And as you do, Lord, bring your peace. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Would you come this morning?